0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This piece was brought to you by Roberta's. Roberta'spizza.com Hey, this is Hannah Forden. I'm the program manager here at Heritage Radio Network. This year we're celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary, and I wanna thank all of our listeners and members for being a part of an incredible year of food radio. We never would have made it this far without all of you. So HRN is now in its summer fun drive, and this is when we turn to you and ask that you make a donation to help ensure a bright future for food radio. Whether you listen to one show or 20, there's a reason why you keep tuning in week after week. All of our content is powered by a small nonprofit and we rely on your generosity to keep going. Help us keep broadcasting the most thought-provoking, entertaining, and educational conversations happening in the world of food and beverage. So become a member today. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, we have some brand new member gifts available online, so I encourage you to snag your new favorite pizza-themed T-shirt or enamel pin today and show the world how much you love HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate so you can snag your 10th anniversary member swag. And thank you.
2: All right, everybody, welcome to the show,
3: Life's a Banquet. A show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara horrible.
1: Starring your hosts, me, Brenton Scott, and me,
2: Zara Tangora.
1: A show about chocolate and wine and bread, champagne
2: and scandal and crackers in bed. I'm drunk! (laughs) Always.
1: Life's a Banquet, banquet, life's life's a Banquet, life's a Banquet, life's a Banquet.
3: Consider it done. Welcome. Hello, are we here? Am I on air? <laughs> Bretton Scott speaking. Hi. Welcome to the show, Life's a Banquet, the podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and uh, Zara.
2: Pourable. And by
3: pourable, we mean shots of tequila. Shots, 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 shots. So, I don't know about you, but I love a good shot. But as I age, I realize that I can't really do that anymore. You
2: know what you need to do? You need to fill a shot with water.
3: uh, Champagne shots are a thing?
2: Champagne shots are a thing. That is technically still alcohol. Mm. Pizza sauce.
3: (laughs) Pizza sauce shots. (laughs) Listen, folks, it's the middle of summer. I just got back from my two-week hiatus from the show in case you missed me. I know, I got a lot of fan mail. We
2: haven't seen each other in like three weeks.
3: Yeah, nobody noticed. Don't worry. (laughs) But I noticed that I was gone. I missed all of your voices that I can hear in my head silently as I speak uh, Zara what tell me about your last what happened tell me about your <sighs> oh, what did you what did you cook what did you eat and what did you? do.
2: I've done a lot, Bretton. Okay. Besides sitting home every day and crying, uh, looking at a picture of you and. Yeah. Str- <laughs> wondering,
3: worrying about what clam cakes I was going to have. And I'll <laughs> tell you all about that in a second.
2: When will he be back? How many <sighs> lobster claws are in his mouth? 17. Um, I had, well, I, I think I'll start with my most exciting part of the past two weeks, okay. which has been the fourth of motherfucking July. Okay. Okay. So I have
3: a Firework of a time
2: Mm, I did I didn't actually see any fireworks We really missed you I went to a mutual friend Of ours house Mary O'Malley Oh oh, Of the O'Malley
3: sisters She Mary O'Malley is a friend And she's a She's a sculptor A ceramicist Sorry She sculpts ceramics Yeah But a ceramicist Is the correct word (laughs) Yeah As she's like A
2: ceramicist you idiot
3: (laughs) Uh, but she also makes things of, of table settings and food, right? She, yeah,
2: she makes beautiful. I mean, what she focuses on now is like ceramic uh, dinnerware.
3: It's, go- it's gorgeous.
2: It's beyond. Check her out on the Gram at Mary O'Malley.
3: Mm-hmm. And she lives in Long Island off of Sable on the, it's kind of on the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty
2: much. So that's why we were there. So we went over, there was a big house teeming with people from the UK. Uh, marrieds, singles, gays, straights, handsomes. Uglies. Just kidding. Everyone was beautiful. Um, but it was really fun.
3: <laughs> For the followers are on Instagram and know the truth about what she felt about it at that party.
2: No, everyone was gorgeous. Um, but anyway, so it was really, really fun. We had a great time. We all piled onto the ferry and went over to Fire Island, which... the pi-
3: The invasion. We went
2: to the invasion. We went to Cherry... Grove. All right,
3: so listeners, uh, the invasion is on an island called Fire Island, which is truly an island. It's on fire. Which is outside of Long Island. You take a little ferry to get there, and on July 4th, there's filled with gays in this particular part, which is called The Pines.
2: Couldn't be any gayer. Yeah, couldn't be any
3: gayer. The gayest of the gay, of the gay metropolis of Gatum. And there's also another neighborhood called uh, Cherry Grove, and tradition had it that these drag queens would come over because they hated the bitches from The Pines. And they would come over in a boat and, as a joke and camaraderie, celebrate and yeah, and be like, "We're invading your bars." I guess actually, when it did happen, it was kind of like kinda... they're like, "Hey, bitches, get out!" Like, "We're invading your bars."
2: Right, and they're like, "No, we're gonna like beat you." Because apparently,
3: some owner said, "We are not allowing drag queens." Exactly,
2: cause... men only dress like men in yeah. our bars. Mm-hmm. So uh... think of
3: it: those times of short shorts and mustaches,
2: <laughs> lots of mustaches, lots of high knee socks. Um, it was great. There was tons of drag queens. Tons of Beautiful gay men, dicks galore, because you can be naked. On so the people were
3: just walking around naked.
2: Yes, I saw so many penis rings. I splashed around in the sea. I ate Cool Ranch. Did tritos. you go topless? Yeah, well, you because I could. was wearing a one piece. Oh, so it'd yeah, it be odd. kind of awkward. Be like,
3: oh, it's she's crisscross <laughs> and she's trying to like lower her one. Like, yeah, like you had bibs on.
2: No, no, uh, I didn't wear a one piece. I did drink lots of canned rosé. Mm-hmm. I ate puffy Cheetos. Then we went back to Mary's house and we barbecued. Mary made her famous, delicious ribs.
3: Uh, uh, Long Island style ribs.
2: So good with gallons of barbecue sauce that she had like had shipped up from the south.
3: Somehow she some for a Yankee, she really does it for a, an Irish Yankee. Yeah, she knows her barbecue. She
2: does. She uses like store bought like Boris head ribs. Don't but tell I got to say <laughs> they're really good. I'm sorry. I ate so many ribs. And then we all watched Independence Day outside on the projector. Wow. It was like beyond a day. It That's... was one of the best days of my life.
3: Sounds very epic.
2: Yeah, it was really fun. Tell us about your trip.
3: Well, uh, I was on a food tour, and that's what I did, called it myself. We rented a car, and we drove up the coast of the, of New England. So we started off our trip in, in Connecticut by going to Frank Pepe's Pizza.
2: Amazing. Uh,
3: actually, had a kind of a disappointing pie. Sorry, Frank. It's the second time in a row that oh, I was disappointed really? by the original Frank Pepe's. The clam pie was honestly kind of not so good.
2: Oh, Frank, you're on
3: tough, blast. Tough crust and kind of like. Overly chewy, cl- yeah, a little disappointed. Oh. Sorry, but the truth is out there. Uh, maybe we had two off nights. Uh, our server was very nice. And Did you
2: go to Mystic Pizza by any chance?
3: Well, we went through Mystic, and every all the locals were like, Don't go to Mystic Pizza, the food is disgusting. Really? And we decorated so it's not even kitschy anymore. Oh. Uh, we went to uh, Sea Swirl or something, clams. Uh, there's a col- so clam shocks was my theme, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen someone's in Long Island, you've showed me some, Zara's yeah. introduced. When I got to Rhode Island and Connecticut and beyond, the clam shack situation was, it It, it gets more.
2: It's the real it's deal. It's the real deal.
3: Yeah. So then we drove to Rhode Island, stayed at a beach house in a little <gasps> town, which I was sworn not to say the name of because okay. it's a secret little town. And cracked lobsters. I got tons of clams, which are so cheap up there. Yeah. Soft shell clams. And you can go back to our clam episode and you hear all about it, but they have soft, soft shell clams, which are also known as quahogs. mm mm-hmm. Right? Uh, so then we went up to Maine and had more clams and the best chowder I've ever had in my life. What was in it? It uh, was at Mike's uh, Mike's Clam Shack or something. I know I should know the guy's name. It's on Instagram, and I told him I would mention him. Uh, and he is of Italian descent, Sicilian descent, but he's from Maine Okay. and just knew he had a fry technique down. Well, so there's a lot of clam shacks. It's fried seafood. Mm-hmm. And I also learned about the difference of clam cakes. There's Maine clam cakes. There's Rhode Island-style clam cakes. Clam cakes in Rhode Island are kind of like souffleed <gasps> fritters. Ooh. And then clam cakes in Maine uh, are kind of like flat. Like, like a oh, crab cake? Yeah, like a crab cake, but they're still fried. I went a to fritter. I, I drove through Ipswich. We went to this famous thing called the Clam Box, which was very disappointing.
2: Britain, Sorry, it sounds clam like box. your trip sucked. No, <laughs> no,
3: no, no. Then we went to Maine. In Maine, Portland, Maine, it was gorgeous. And the beer was good. We went nice. to Allagash Brewery. And oh. we went, you know, we there's just so much delicious seafood out there and people are so nice and accommodating. And then, you know, we drove over to Vermont, Burlington, had some terrible pizza, went to Montreal, Quebec city, had some, lots of beer, lots of beer, a beer trip, a beer trip,
2: soaked in hops.
3: Mm -hmm. But I did go to this restaurant in Montreal. And if you haven't been there yet, it's called Larry's. Um, Mm. It's kind of like a little walk in, cutesy little, like tiny little bar run by hipsters, open kitchen, uh, and we had this raspberry sour beer from this brewery. Again, here I am mm. being like, I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, uh, I have all that in my notes. You can well, I'll post some of the things and mention them on in Instagram because that's our way. But everything was so delicious. Lots of beef tartars, fish tartars Ooh,
2: in Montreal. Yeah,
3: Montreal. We went sure. to the restaurant that's owned by Joe Beef. You know, that's the famous one. People did you go to Joe Beef? And you know what? It is really good. But We went to Liverpool House, which Ooh. is right next to Joe Beef. It's, okay. it's like just the smaller version of that restaurant. Had these gorgeous potatoes that they do like a poutine. Of course, you're in mm-hmm. Canada. I had lots of poutine.
2: I've never had poutine. Okay,
3: well, poutine, for those of you that don't know or never had it, they're French fries smothered in a gravy that's usually made from beef stock and chicken stock mixed Sure, some Canadians like
2: there's no chicken stock.
3: Anyway, it's like a beef That's stock. The point of contention. Yeah. Yeah. The chicken stock, thick gravy that you pour over the French fries with cheese curds, mm-hmm. and then there's all kinds of versions. You can
2: they have Southern
3: style poutine. They have a million different kinds yeah. of poutine.
2: I'm very aware of poutine. Obviously, I just for some reason have never wanted to tuck in. It always seems like a huge commitment to me. Well. I, I feel like I'm going <laughs> to I can be, help you get over that. I feel like I'm going to... You're going to get fat. It's no, true. You will. <laughs> I feel like I'll need to take a little slumbery nap, like a, uh, little, like, a like a bear's nap, like a hibernation. A
3: hibernation nap. Uh, yes. We stayed with a friend of mine that I met on Airbnb years ago, and his name is Gregory. He's from France, but he lives in Montreal, and he always said, oh, if we get the poutine tonight, we'll be taking a nap after. And I'm like, right. nonsense. You don't know. And it's true. You have the poutine. Yeah. And it was hot in Canada. I've only been to Canada Ooh. in the winter, so this is my first summer trip. Right. It was 92 degrees. Blazing and gravy like, in the sun. And then you were like, everybody is eating poutine. Yeah. Oh, it's real.
2: <laughs> There's nothing like a blazing pile of gravy when you're basking hot, in the sun. Yeah,
3: hot, hot what french I fries smothered in gravy and
2: fresh cheese curds. Totally. Well, the reason that I mentioned a bear's nap before, I was trying to uh, elegantly segue yes. into our topic for today. And what, oh what is a bear's very favorite treat? Well, uh, you could
3: ask Winnie the Pooh. Oh.
2: Oh, oh Pooh Bear! Oh, no pants! Listen,
3: when you think of Pooh Bear, what do you think of? A, Dig, dang, dag, dang, 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 a
2: dangling penis.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, that, a t- and
2: a T-shirt. Yeah,
3: claws and ripping out my eyeballs. And <laughs> no, Winnie the Pooh, we think of a jar of honey. Honey. Okay, honey. Okay. Honey. Okay, honey. Listen, honey is a miraculous substance uh, that is available to us, produced by honeybees here on this very earth.
2: Our very own local honeybees coming live and direct. I'm allergic to bee stings, as you know, from if you were listening to uh, our show about six months ago, I got a staph infection from a honeybee. Yep, and
3: puffed up lips, staph infection, sucked. hives.
2: Took steroids, gained 15 pounds in one day.
3: Loved it. Yeah, that's right. That was, you did get bloated, didn't I you? I did.
2: Honey is delicious, though. Do you want to tell us a little bit about honey, Breton? Okay, well,
3: I like to always start off, sometimes when I, th- I was talking to somebody yesterday about our distance between uh, what we see on food, Instagram media, and pictures and videos. Everybody's like, ooey, ooey, this and this. And we kind of <laughs> forget about the disconnect of where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I like to start from the beginning by like, what is the word honey? Like, what does yes. it mean? Uh, well, first of all, you know that bees are the primary producer of honey. Some related insects do produce honey also, but we won't worry about them. Uh, we should also be concerned about the disappearance of honeybees because without them, we will all die. Well, yeah. like we're going to die. The human race will die.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, and we're already on our way. Mm -hmm.
3: So we're on our way. But meanwhile, let's enjoy this gorgeous honey. Uh, They take, you know, they go and they hunt for pollen and flowers and and flowering trees. And they put it on their legs. And then they secrete it. And they make perfectly shaped hexagonal honeycombs. Come on. Who does that?
2: It's sexy. Yeah.
3: Like, oh, this is, it's mathematically perfect. And then, of course, from that you know they're collecting these honeycombs which are the food for their little babies their little larvae and then we steal that from them <laughs> but it's okay because they keep making it so if you that's why people that manage you know an apiary they manage the honeybees and right. they continue it's a sustainable product
2: it always interests me what it takes for someone to grow up and be like you know what i could be a doctor or a lawyer i could be a rock star i could be a beekeeper what an insane Right? Crazy
3: job. So the word honey, and this some of this information I got from a 2013 article from Bon Appetit, but the etymology of honey uh, was a Proto-Indian European language. They call it PIE, P-I-E, for its acronym. Uh, and its original word was melis, miel, melissa, right? So the Greek, Spanish, and pie, or pie, Spanish, and Greek, uh, respectively speaking. And then it sort of changed in Old Norse, as people discover this, called honung, and then Old English was like honeyg, but they would pronounce the G with a Y, and then it became honey.
2: Honey. And, so
3: there, as, and then, of course, there's other words like mellifluous, right, or melissa, and those were all from the meal, the Latin version. Wow. So and the name so, melissa means honey? Yeah, well, it's sweet. And, you know, mellifluous is melodic and sweet and, and honey-like because honey flows. and sure. And so, basically, we can just translate that any music now was. The word melodies comes from honey.
2: Oh, my God. When I think about that,
3: folks, the more you know. But more importantly (laughs) is that uh, honey was found so long ago, 2700 B.C. in a Georgian tomb. Egyptians embalmed their dead in honey because guess what? Honey lasts forever.
2: That is amazing.
3: Honey is... I'm going to just continue going on here for just a couple seconds. But honey is a miraculous substance. And li- afterward I'll get into the subject of like raw versus unraw and what's yeah. grade A and why should we get, you know, pure honey and clover and buckwheat honey and all that and what's 100% organic. But honey is antifungal, antibacterial, antiviral, anti-inflammatory. Ah! And that is if it's raw. And it basically can stabilize your metabolism. So if you have diabetes, honey is actually raw honey is apparently okay to eat. Um, Boosts your metabolism, promotes gut health. So when people are like, oh, don't have sugar, sugar's the devil. Even paleo people, paleo people that don't like carbs will have some raw honey.
2: Right. Well, the cavemen definitely had honey. And
3: then, so I want to get into later when we do chef recommends Mm -hmm. as to like what type of honey you should be buying. But basically raw honey is better because when they pasteurize honey, when you just buy honey in the supermarket, then the evil honey bear.
2: Yeah, the honey bear is is pure evil.
3: Uh, Because... By law, even though the USDA has certain laws to protect us, that the they are not regulated. So, honey, for example, U.S. had to ban import the, the honey import from China because China was putting uh in its bad stuff, bad stuff. They were putting bat hormones and
2: oh, I think it's like bat stuff.
3: Uh, they were lacing it with uh high fructose corn syrup and cutting it to thin it out, pasteurizing it. Um, and there was even, it was called chlorophanical, which is some kind of, it's a, uh, what do you call it? What's the, What do they put in? Like a hormone that causes um, a bone marrow disease. Oh my God. Uh, so there's all kinds of bad stuff. The really. dark side of honey. The dark side of honey. <laughs> so <laughs> avoid supermarket honey at all costs. Sure. Anyway, so that is, uh, you know, there is fake honey and we should be concerned about it. And wow. yeah, I mean, I could go on. There is just so What much. about
2: manuka honey?
3: Well. Funny thing, you should ask. Manuka honey, you'll find it in the expensive section, which mm. means all the sections in Whole Foods, right? And even Trader Joe's has it. Manuka honey comes from New Zealand, specifically from a manuka bush, which is only grown there. Some parts of Australia, maybe, or at least they imported there. And they found in a recent British study that only one in seven of the brands that were claiming real manuka, uh, that were claiming manuka honey were actually authentic. Oh my god! So, what were the rest just fake honey like that they fake honey you, like, because nobody sure there's law that's right somebody's like oh don't smoke weed but everybody smokes weed because you just can't possibly right monitor everybody taking a puff of a I don't know why I just said that but it makes sense <laughs> right like just because of the law doesn't you, mean somebody
2: that. has weed on the brain I'm picturing you getting really high. And like German,
3: there was a German guy that faked millions and millions of dollars of honey and exported to, and it was Chinese honey. And then they had, and nobody's there to like, who's going to test it? And then apparently they switched to beet sugar because it was undetectable in the test. So they would add beet sugar to honey color it amber. Whoa. So basically, I mean, you could, if you had some agave syrup, you could probably fool me and be like, this is honey. I'm like,
2: well, it tastes sweet. Somebody needs to be watching out for all this honey. That's mm, what I, th- that so I listen, think. So listen, sorry. Away I just I,
3: as I read and read, I got very passionate and very angry and yeah. very protective of the bees.
2: Yeah. Of course, me. I'm furious. I'm fuming right yes, now. Yes,
3: and not fuming like the beekeeper that fumes his bees, to <laughs> just gently <laughs> sedate cool, them. A circle.
2: Um, should we take a quick break and come back?
3: Absolutely.
2: Okay. Goodbye.
0: My name is Brandon Boyd, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage.
2: la 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 la
0: la. honey
2: honey Honey. honey. sugar sugar
3: honey honey honey, hey honey could you go get the um my dinner honey why isn't my dinner here
2: honey that's because i'm leaving you
3: honey (laughs) i can't handle this right now (laughs) (laughs) so as you can see honey is very versatile it is crazy honey honey honey, um, do not with me honey
2: girl there's nothing that I like less than when a younger woman or mm-hmm. someone my, that's my contemporary calls me honey. Oh, hey, honey. Hey, hun. hey honey. I'm like, <laughs> I like when a diner waitress uh, no. says
3: like, hi, i a, a cup of coffee with a half and half and two eggs, sunny side up with the whole wheat toast with butter on the side. Okay, hon. I, I mean, that's very oh, lovely. Oh, I love it. That's
2: lovely. From uh, honey. Of course. A diner waitress needs to call you honey or sugar, something sweet, corn yeah. syrup, whatever.
3: Hey, sugar pops. Oh, wait, hey, that's, <laughs> oops, sorry. hey sugar part. honey 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 all
2: over honey brett sorry that was my other day. i have a joke for you obviously oh i love a joke um why is honey good for you
3: uh honey no
2: it's full of vitamin b oh my god that's
3: a good one god joke writer congrats for i
2: you. have one more joke okay <clears throat> you can catch more flies with honey but you can catch more honeys by being fly
3: hello oh. that's what the so to the other bear.
2: <laughs> okay, listen, yeah, I have tell me qu- about I have a quick story today, which I think is wild. In my research for honey, I was like, should I do the story of Winnie the Pooh? Should I do the story of the honey bear? Which was actually pretty interesting. I said, no, goddammit. I'm doing the story of turkeys, hallucinogenic, mad Honey.
3: And by turkey we mean the country.
2: No, it's made by turkeys. Now turkeys (laughs) also produce honey, and this is where it gets absolutely crazy. Folks, you didn't know. (laughs) Hold on to your butts. Um, no, so the country of Turkey is very popular, is like the number one place that they produce this thing called mad honey. Now it's also produced uh in India and even sometimes in America, which we'll get into, but it's primarily produced in Turkey and it's made by bees that pollinate a specific kind of poisonous rhododendron that's found in the mountainside towns along the Black Sea. Rhododendron. What so I actually forgot to look up what is what does a rhododendron flower look like? Obviously, you know you'll know this.
3: Oh my gosh! Funny thing you should say a rhododendron. I think they're. D- <laughs> um, hold on one second. <laughs> Go ahead. dark black. You know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go pick. Brent's gonna go pick yeah, some of b- the. Brent's gonna go
3: Google that and be like, <laughs> Oh my god, I just remembered.
2: So um, the honey is a dark reddish honey, and it is also known in Turkish as delibal, deli bal. D e l i new word b a l. Um, and it contains an ingredient from this poisonous rhododendron nectar called gray grayanox grayanoxin oh. Um, and it's a neurotoxin that even in small quantities brings on light headaches, and sometimes if you take enough hallucinations, uh, hallucina- hallucinations, and then it can even cause you to die if you take too much. So, in the late 1700s, in the Black Sea region, now this has been going on forever and ever and ever. There's uh, ancient writings about it. But one of the first kind of times that people wrote about really using it and eating it was in the late 1700s in the black sea region. Um, they were uh, trading the honey.
3: Wait, is this BC? I'm assuming. No, 17, okay. Yeah.
2: Um, sorry,
3: this particular type of honey. Oh, you know, I'm sorry.
2: In the 1700s BC. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. BC before. So
3: in other words, a mad
2: long time ago. Exactly. (laughs) um, And let's see. I am now lost in my ratings. Okay, so anyway. Oh, in the 1700s BC, a Greek army was returning to Greece along the shores of the Black Sea after defeating the Persians. Um, And they came along with honey. And hours later, troops began vomiting, had diarrhea, became disoriented, and no longer could stand up. And the next day, the effects were gone, and they continued on to Greece. So later, in 67 BC, Roman soldiers were uh, invading and, again, ran up against the Persians in Turkey. And the Persians had gathered pots full of this local honey and left them for the Roman troops. And so they ate the honey, and then they got so sick... That they couldn't fight, and they were all laying down. The Persians returned to the camp and killed over a 1,000 Roman troops. Wow. Wow. So it's a weapon of war. Now, the reason I got caught up is because I actually put a little note to myself in the middle and forgot to move it but i want to talk also about how it's found in nepal and it's part of this like crazy tradition that people do in nepal and the nepalese uh guys will go up there and this is like their only way of making money okay to the tops of cliffs in nepal and they go on and they stand on these like tiny little like ropes ladder things mm-hmm. and like risking death a lot of them fall to their death while they're doing this and they just wow. to cultivate the honey because it's their only way of making money and the the giant honeybee things like hang on the edges of cliffs and then like they'll go and try to poke at it. And like, then the things fall off and like the hives go crashing into the, the cliffs and the Rocky ravines and they have to run down in their bare feet and catch them. And a lot of people die doing it, but it's the only way of making money. Yeah. So a lot of people kind of, you know, freak out and like they'll go to Turkey or to uh, Nepal and like try to eat it. And they'll like overdose. And there's like lots of stories of people, Not being able to use it correctly, and in Texas, in like the nineties, there was this couple that decided to use it for sex because, like, part of of
3: course in Texas, right? It's either that or Florida.
2: Exactly, Florida man, Texas couple, a
3: Texas couple, but
2: Uh, so yeah. So the properties include, obviously, like with most honey, like healing. People who use it properly in Turkey or wherever, like they know how to use it in their villages, and they live to like three hundred years old because I've been taking this man honey since I was a little baby girl. Um, but then people will, you can buy it on the internet and sometimes it's also fake. So this Texas couple Mm -hmm. takes it and they're like banging, they're boning all the time, left, right. Like this is like (laughs) making it backwards. (laughs) I'm on top. You're on top. We're both on our sides. We're floating. What the heck? One of us is (laughs) (laughs) under the bed. We're outside. We're on a swing. So this Texas couple takes it. They're boning and boning and boning. And then all of a sudden they both fart, fart. (laughs) All of a sudden they both fart to feel sick. They both start to feel sick. Uh-oh. And they go to the hospital and they both discover that they've had a heart attack because they took too much of this crazed honey. But they were okay? Yeah, they had honey poisoning though
3: they had heart attack sex and then yeah, they survived. Had heart
2: attack honey sex. Again, yeah.
3: folks, only in Texas.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's really crazy. So you can also find it in the US. And normally there's not enough rhododendrons in one area in the US to make the mad honey, but sometimes if there's a cold snap in the eastern US that kills a lot of flowers, it doesn't seem to kill the rhododendrons, so the bees will focus only on the rhododendrons and they're the only things blooming. Thus they will be able to produce mad honey, and it's usually in the Appalachian Mountains in the eastern U.S. And there's a lot of stories about, in the Civil War, about um, people finding mad honey during that time and using it kind oh, of wow. similarly to how the Roman armies did.
3: So we could almost find, we could essentially have it here, local East yeah, Coast mad honey.
2: you can make it. It's just like, it's not from all rhododendrons. It's only from a certain kind that happened to be kind of poisonous. I
3: knew this guy, my one of my friends from high school, he married... A woman and her father, who had passed away, but I think he had a very expensive rhododendron collection and really? garden. Yeah, I think he he was really into this. Uh, I went to their wedding.
2: I wonder I if he. Uh... So
3: anyway, they're like purple, red, pink flowers. They're fluffy. They kind of look like hydrangeas, but a little little uh, not as round. Right. They have that like fluffy. Okay. Uh, petal.
2: Now I've actually had honey before that has made me feel strange, like local raw honey, because. As you were talking about before, there's a lot of interesting medicinal properties to honey, and one of which is, you know, they say, like, eating local honey to prevent local allergies. Yep.
3: Because it helps your body build an immune defense against certain pollens.
2: Right. Now, I have been in places before where I've, like, gone to a different state, or when I was in France, I was at this one, like, little kind of farm, and they gave me some of their, like, local, like, fresh-made honey, and I felt strange. Like, well, not it's, sick, but it's a little weird. it's almost
3: probably because you're, you're directly consuming that pollen, and especially yeah. if it's unfiltered, then you're introducing yourself if you have allergies. If you're sensitive to them, which it seems you are, then you're just putting it directly. But then it's kind of like taking the flu shot. It's like, get through that a little bit. Right. And then your body builds an immune defense against those Totally. Those pollens, those foreign pollens.
2: I wash my face with honey, with raw honey. That's how I look so young, even though I'm over 300 years I old. I used to do
3: that a long time.
2: Yeah, with raw honey. Yeah. Like the raw, great the one that has like the grit in it. Yep. I wash my whole body with it, ladies. You know what I mean? And it actually is very good for feminine health.
3: Yes, all kinds of health.
2: Mm-hmm. And masculine yeah, health. And masculine trans health. Trans health, whatever kind yeah, of yeah. health.
3: Health for your insides of your yeah. holes and body.
2: Yep. Put now, in your holes,
3: <laughs> all of them. Guess what we're trying to say here is there's a <laughs> lot of okay. So, honey, now you might be you might be curious and say, Well, gosh, Bretton, earlier you said, you know, I can't afford that honey. Well, that's not true. There are, there is, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you to rate your finances. Welcome to my blog, which is called How to Successfully Fail now, and Not Pay a Rent, but Buy a Good Honey.
2: Now, for the financial portion of the show,
3: fe- if you feel good, you'll look good, and and somebody else pays your bills. <laughs> Uh, the whole point is that uh, there are many, many, many honey makers here in the U.S. and abroad. And a lot of the people, just because they don't have contracts with food supplier chains, they can't make it into the big grocery stores, and they actually sell their products at a relatively low cost at a farmer's market. And so if you can, uh, and most of these honeys are raw, because a lot of these bee- these beekeepers and honey producers... Uh, that are local strive to give you a good product, right? Mm-hmm. So you should stock up at your farmer's market. In fact, here right in the heart of, of America, not Washington DC, cause we got rid of that one, but here in New York city, folks, New York city, New York city. Um, the, mecca and the ep the epicenter of the world uh, at union square farmer's market right mm-hmm. if you've been in new york and you've been in a farmer's market you probably were at that one downtown It's on 14th street it's gorgeous tons of things it's monday wednesdays fridays and saturdays and you can get honey um i love the one from tremblay farm tremblay farm apiary and there's a mm. man that makes it and he makes raw honey and they sell it it's pretty cheap it's like five or ten bucks for a big bottle oh, that's which good. lasts me kind of a long time yeah uh I, during the spring and the fall, during I try to have a tablespoon of honey in the morning oh, or yeah. at night before bed. It's true. It works. And I haven't been doing it for the last two months. And I think Look I you, got- Look you. You're yeah, sick now. I'm sick. So just go, there you go. Uh, there's also this guy that makes honey here in New York City from rooftop farms. Mm-hmm. It's called Andrew's Rooftop Honey. And, you know, the, all the bees fly around. And again, if you're looking for a local source, I don't know. I've never had that honey, so I can't vouch for it. Uh, but if you're anywhere near a farmers market, please I urge you to go sure. and get some raw honey because the benefits far outweigh when you think of sugar.
2: You know? uh, absolutely. Should we recommend on our chef recommends this week how to alternatively use a little ah, bit of honey I instead of maybe sug sug?
3: Yeah. So so what? Tell me what, what do you got? I, mean, I don't do you know. Got? I've
2: never even I've never even heard of honey before today. <laughs> well, what is it? That? It seems sticky. Um, I
3: know I've worked I've worked at your restaurant and used to use honey in very I wonderful it. ways. I yeah. love
2: I love honey. So um, I guess my biggest tip is that I'm a person who likes sweet and savory food, mm-hmm. and people sometimes say like um, Jesse was saying to me the other day is like you're this tastes like Zara's like your kind of cooking like and I think my kind of cooking is generally mm-hmm. like derived from like I. Often do sweet and savory, so and you use
3: fruit with pork. Yeah. You use strawberries and salads. Yeah, it's my thing. You'll put a uh, because celery and, <laughs> and peach pie. What the heck? <laughs> You've never done that. You're like great idea.
2: my my eyes. I know and I was you're like, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, not a bad idea. Oh, Let's try celery it. slow pe- cooked. Um. <laughs> I bet I can make it work. So. I really like to use honey instead of sugar in a lot of things because I try. I mean, I use sugar, but I try to stay away from it. So when I make, like, caponata, for instance, which is a sweet and sour vegetable relish, typically made with eggplant, but I do it with all different kinds of things all year round, I like using honey instead of sugar. I also put honey in a lot of salad dressings, so a classic. And this isn't just, like, me, like, having a eureka moment, but a lot of people do this. But I really love, like, a good vinaigrette that has a little bit of mustard and honey. Mm Mm-hmm vinegar, That was your famous Sade juice. dressing. Yes, my famous Sade better and dressing at Percy. Which,
3: Zara will tell you, has nothing to do with the singer name, <laughs> I Sade. I don't know why and we she, even I called was,
2: it that, but it was called She was like, uh,
3: so the salad is dressed with Sade dressing, and I just assumed. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, she it's a, it's a nod to Sade. Yeah, it had nothing
2: to do with Sade. It was just it was honey, red wine vinegar, lemon juice, olive oil, and we put sesame oil in it, too.
3: I just love, I still don't delicious. know why you called it Sade. I
2: have no clue. I, I didn't forgot. make it up. Somebody else made it up. I but see. yeah and so pasta. using honey and savory things um a little bit of honey in like your marinara sauce is delicious because a lot of times sugar i mean sugar really should go in like a sauce so that those are my tips use honey in your savory cooking
3: that is a really good thing just like you would drizzle something with a balsamic vinegar mm-hmm. right and then a cheta. with chateau is that yep. wonderful aged balsamic from from modena in italy it's the same thing. You totally. can You could have like a nice vegetable tart that you make. Oh, yes. Right? And it's really mm-hmm. like salty with some Parmesan cheese and you can just finish yeah. it with a little honey. A People really do like br- fried Brussels sprouts and drizzle y- honey. Absolutely.
2: Or even like a really lovely steak with like a nice slab of like butter and some sea salt some and m- a drizzle of like a lovely wild made too much hotel
3: butter and honey. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. nice.
2: Or pork chop. Check yeah in.
3: don't be afraid of the sweet salty right yeah it's good uh other things of honey I mean whenever I think of honey my first dessert that comes to mind is to me the obvious which is baklava oh baklava because baklava is the perfect use of honey it's like it's almost like the first icebox cake because you take a pre- you know this the filo pastry right which yeah. is then cooked with butter and and al- and then it's just doused in honey doused. and then it sort of soaks into the that cooked pastry and creating yeah creating I one of the it. most delectable textures it's so good ever and man honey's good it's great there's beast and cake there's i mean so i always think like what if you took an olive oil cake and just doused it almost like you would with the trace leeches but doused it with like a honey syrup mm-hmm. right Yeah, you could take any yellow cake anyway. and douse it with honey syrup oh that's my other that's my other chef recommends what you want to make honey more easily accessible when you're like, oh, gosh, darn it, I hate waiting for that spoon to drip, and it drips on the side of the bottle, <laughs> you grab it, and then it sticks to the counter, because it's dripped down, and it then you get sticky. an ant, oh, for crying out loud, I can't <laughs> keep honey in the house.
2: Just one ant that just won't go yeah, away. Yeah, one
3: ant, and it has, you know those honey, the wooden honey uh, spoons that are Cutest. like grooved, right? And they're, those are really nice, but if you don't have one, you're screwed. <laughs> And I didn't have one for the longest time. Luckily, I went to an state sale and found a lot of, like, 20 of them for $2. But take honey and mix it with hot water. If you've ever made simple syrup, it's the same process. And with honey, I think you need a little less hot water, right? Because it's mm-hmm. already liquid. Yeah. So what that does, you just can stir it. Like, don't do boiling water, but, you know, like hot tea water, 190 degrees or so. And then you can stir it, and then it'll actually s- stay that way. Yeah. So then you can put it in a squeeze bottle. Not the honey bear squeeze bottle, unless you have left one left over. Exactly. Uh, but just get a squeeze bottle. You can order them on Amazon, now, uh, even if you live in Kansas City. I don't know why I said that before. <laughs> They're like, screw you. They're kid. like,
2: we are the most metropolitan...
3: Sorry, I meant Missoula, Montana.
2: They have, like, floating cars in Kansas I'm at City. I'm Sheboygan,
3: Wisconsin, folks.
2: <laughs> Amazon
3: delivers there. Uh, and yes, you can... Keep that honey so then it just squeezes out really easily. Do you know what else I love my honey in?
2: Uh, I would we're waiting with baited hair yeah. espresso. Oh, mm-hmm. what the hell?
3: Yeah, you put a little, little teaspoon of honey in That's that espresso, bad. and it is. It's a coffee, honey, wow. delicious. And, uh, you know, what I said, too, people are like, well, that's sugar, and my doctor said to cut down on sugar. Well, your doctor doesn't know Bretton's God.
2: Your doctor's dead. And also. my dad's
3: a doctor. So, exactly. Um, my know, dad's a lawyer. Yeah, my dad's a doctor, and he told me once. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my dad can beat up yeah. your dad, even yeah, though my, my dad is dead.
3: No. That, Sorry. <laughs> again, we go back to the properties of honey, that it is actually antifungal, and it can stabilize your blood sugar. Yeah. Again, in moderation. Don't go you know, what totally. was that one diet that everybody went on? The honey, cayenne, lemon juice. Oh, cheese, I think maple. it was maple syrup, oh, maple syrup. So we'll have
2: to save that for a maple syrup episode. Yeah. Help, please put it in your socks. If you're battling with athlete's foot, just
3: absolutely.
2: Yeah. Fill yeah. your shoes and socks with it. <laughs> um, so what are your top three favorite things with honey?
3: Okay. Well, besides what I already mentioned, which is the obvious, which is baklava. Um, I love honey, lavender ice cream.
2: Ooh. Oh, Oh,
3: my oh. God. I just heard that's of a, some uh, ice cream maker that's famous right now. I won't mention the name, but they said, Oh, like the, the flavor we developed honey lavender, which is like we popularized in the U S and it was kind of like, I don't know. I remember making that in the year 2002, Yeah, which I'm not saying, I'm sure somebody made it in the 1800s or BC. 1700 yeah. BC. BC. Yeah. The Egyptians like a uh, honey lavender is mm-hmm. a thing. Hello. Exactly. Um, but anyway, honey lavender is one of my favorite flavors. It's, floral but then the honey kind of balances it out and it's just divine delicious okay and oh i have to you say have two, two more, more. <laughs> damn it i already said baklava and honey cake
2: you can say anything you want this is your podcast okay you're an adult
3: um you know what else i really really love a weird stoner scooby snack um, which you don't have to be stoned at all. I found in my sober years. Uh, I don't have. When enough. are those <laughs> happening? <laughs> They're coming up next year. <laughs> They're happening soon. I guarantee okay, it. Perfect. I had a day. <laughs> uh, graham crackers covered with butter and then oh. honey. Now listen, you sure go for a biscuit. Mm. That works too. But graham crackers with lots of salted butter and honey. I'm hungry. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't Ooh. eaten yet today too. And my number, my number one favorite honey dessert. Gosh, I'm about to blank. I'm so confused. I know I just said baklava, but can I say, what, what's the,
2: you can say, is baklava there an alternative? Again. Yeah.
3: Well, then I'm going to say baklava, even though I just said it, Great. but it is just, it's awesome. I'm going to say it again. Get yourself a piece of baklava right baklava.
2: now. You know, if you say baklava three times in the mirror, the baklava yeah, man baklava, appears, baklava, baklava, baklava! It's A giant like Greek monster.
3: Yeah. And, you know, baklava has lots of walnuts.
2: Yeah. Or or pistachio. Pistachio. You can make it with pistachio. When we were at Brucie, I used to make baklava often, and I would make it with a mixture of walnuts and
3: pecans. Oh, pecans, Nature's best nut.
1: Ooh, nature's best (laughs) nut.
3: Okay, Zara. Okay, whatever. Give me your top three. Darn
2: it. Okay, first of all, I want to say that I feel like I'm hallucinating a little bit because I haven't drank in three days, and actually, it makes me feel really weird and Did kind of. Mad Honey. Yes, I'm on Mad Honey. No, but when I looked at you just now, when I was talking about pecans, I thought I was like tripping out. I was like, "Am I awake?" Yet? I, tra- I
3: had a a two con a a A two <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> I um, turned into a pink flamingo. Do you ever feel dance. like that when you like stop drinking for a couple of days? I feel like more high. I feel worse. Yeah, because
3: we've suppressed all of our regular thoughts and they yeah. start to surface. up. My real true, brain. Yeah, we're true sociopaths. Totally <laughs> walking around this earth.
2: All right, so listen, I'm gonna freak you out right now. My top three. Oh my I god. I thought about it beforehand today.
3: I know you did. Okay,
2: listen. My number three, honey nut Cheerios. Oh, that's so good. So good, man. Honey nut Cheerios. I don't eat cereal really because I cannot control myself around cereal. I do the thing where like I make a bowl and then I add a little bit more milk and then like another little bite and by the end I've eaten like a yeah. I can't I can't stop. So my number two favorite thing is honey mustard. Honey mustard Bes- you're
3: right. Dude,
2: any kind of honey mustard. Cheap, shitty honey mustard sauce from McDonald's. I'm I never go to McDonald's, God, but if I did good. I
3: would you just really, get went, honey you mustard. really went for it i really thought honey mustard this. is the go-to like oh gosh honey you're Like, hey honey what's for dinner I'd be like oh my god i don't know help 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 like who do i call i don't have my internet's down
2: <laughs> you're like thank you honey mustard just
3: like do anything like honey mustard salad honey mustard chicken breast honey mustard chicken thighs honey mustard pork shoulder honey mustard b- b- barbecue uh, salad can't ribs,
2: honey mustard peach pie with celery honey
3: mustard mushrooms honey mustard shallots or just a thing of honey mustard honey mustard
2: and che- cheddar cheese and cracker yep um, I particularly like the one that I think probably has corn syrup in it, but I don't care. I love it. It comes in that, like, kind of like a hexagon shaped, probably trying to mimic a honeycomb now that I think about it. I love how I'm telling everyone to buy local honey. Like, I'm a, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm just like, get the one from the, get the, honey nut get the cheap one from the store. It
3: has high fructose corn syrup. It's delicious.
2: Exactly. Buy the cheap one and then buy the, uh, honey nut cherries. So this one is like a hexagon. It just reminds me of being a kid. It has like a very fancy 1990s cursive on the front. It is the most 1990s food product you can buy other than like clearly Canadian. And, and amico crystal clear ultimate amico Crystal Clear <laughs> yeah. Ultimate, which delicious. is also delicious <laughs> uh
3: tonight our cocktail this evening is amico crystal clear ultimate's uh, spritzer
2: oh that's funny and um i think my number one favorite mm. thing is are you ready for yeah, yeah it? i am a bee's knees cocktail a
3: bees i didn't even think to put a cocktail in it yeah
2: a bee's knees cocktail is gin lemon and honey and it's really delicious. It is
3: divine. I never. It's the bee's knees. It is
2: it is the bee's knees. Um, It was like a probe. I started researching. It. it was another thing that I was thinking of doing. It doesn't really have that much of a story, but it's a prohibition era cocktail. Prohibition? Prohibition. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We blocked it out of our memory. I was like, and, prohibition. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's what I'm going through right now. It's a prohibition era cocktail. And obviously, the bee's knees used to mean like, or it still does, like the tops. It looks great. It's the bee's knees. And I never really had one until Mike Stankovich, our old friend who now owns a place that I'm dying to go to in Cincinnati, in Cincinnati yep. called Longfellow
3: Longfellow Cincinnati you can check it out on the on the Insta
2: yep word Come. up to Mike Stankovich who used to work here at Roberta's as the bar manager and who in my opinion is the world's number one bartender and human mm-hmm. I yeah, love him I
3: know I can't believe we haven't been there yet
2: he's like the greatest greatest guy ever he's the bee's knees
3: the bee's knees but he
2: used to make me bee's knees cocktails at Brucie and I like loved it it was such a great treat oh, really God, fun good yeah it's really good Honey is fun.
3: And he made that with some honey simple syrup, I bet. He did. Lady, but real honey. You know, qu- quick, before we leave, I just wanted to mention something about the raw honey, that when it is not filtered, and so some people, I always think, like, when you get a honeycomb, may, mm-hmm. when you talk about a garnish, sometimes you see fancy cocktail bars garnishing with a little piece of honeycomb.
2: Yeah, or a bunch of dead bees.
3: Yeah, there is bee, <laughs> when, you know, it's kind of weird. People like, oh, well, it's weird, but... Really, it's that's all. That's where all the good stuff is. Mm-hmm. That's where all the properties are. The, you know, the amino acids, the vitamins, the, yeah. the stuff that's gonna fix your body up uh, and heal you. So don't be afraid. It's, compl- it's the human. We've been eating this for, like, since the dawn of yeah. humanity. And if the, if it's good enough to embalm a body, then <laughs> gosh darn it, it's good <laughs> enough to eat. <laughs>
2: If you I said heard it here first,
3: yeah, if you hear it first and it's good enough to embalm a body, then
2: <laughs> don't we eat formaldehyde? What is formaldehyde in? It's in some kind of food product.
3: Oh, that's right. Like, don't eat that. Like, know, it's, it's full of formaldehyde, yeah, like Skittles or something. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> sorry. I heard he smoked a cigarette soaked in embalming fluid. That wouldn't be an embalming fluid. He <laughs> smoked right? had
3: your house. Marbred said formaldehyde.
2: Oh, right. I
3: live over like food product. You know the things that we have all the time? Yeah, yeah cigarettes. Cigarettes. Well, listen, folks. If we haven't inspired you to go to your local farmer's market, get some raw honey and make some baklava or some honey mustard dipped finger licking chicken goods. Yeah. <laughs> chicken fingers. Sorry.
2: Chicken fingers. Yeah. Lick your chicken fingers, Do you everybody. you think a
3: fish finger and honey mustard? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Why the fuck
2: not? Yeah. That's right. I said fuck because I'm talking about honey and I feel very passionate about it. Yes. So
3: listen, <laughs> please go ahead. Get yourself some raw honey. Do your body a treat and your palate a
2: Exactly. yeah exactly yeah. oh you know what else is good i want to say, mention one last thing they have a pizza here and they have a pizza at Polly g's which mm-hmm. is also a delicious delicious pizza place that has honey on the pizza that's right honey on a pizza with pepperoni is uh
3: banging very popular it's on that so note good. folks drizzle some honey in your pep on your ronis
2: put some honey in your butt
3: <laughs> all right this is Brett <laughs> scott signing off
2: i still a pasta All right, everybody, welcome to the show, Life's
3: a Banquet. the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Rhett Scott, and me, Zara Tangora.
2: A show about
1: chocolate and wine. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org.